When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Thursday edition of Clay and Buck. And we got breaking news coming from all over the place right now. And as we speak, I mean breaking this moment here at the very top of the show, Biden just finishing up remarks on border security, the single uh, most specific in its uh, claims and policies border talk that I can remember Biden giving, certainly while president. And we will break down for you some of what he's got in mind here. There's an app for that, apparently, Clay. There's an app. Yeah, I'm sure that'll illegal- work. Immigration solve, solve it. There's an app. People just want they just want an app, and then all of a sudden the laws will be respected. The laws will be respected. A, a word I did not hear is deportation, which I've started to notice. We don't really hear that word. We hear removals. We th- they're changing the language. Whatever happened to deportation? Didn't come up very much in the speech, if at all. Um, but we'll break down what his specific policies are from this. He's also supposed to actually find the U.S.-Mexico border on Sunday, which that must be interesting to, uh, for him. He's never been there before, despite what the administration said in the past. Meanwhile, you've also got the would-be, I believe, the seventh vote now for Speaker of the House. That's right. That is, as we speak to you right now, in in process or preparing to happen, so we will look at the results of uh, of this. And, and there are a lot of reports about negotiations and uh, the 
the rebels. I think that term that term is pretty good. That's catching up. People have used some other ones. The rebels, the uh, holdouts against McCarthy, have uh, apparently gotten some concessions, which we'll discuss that coming up in, in a little bit. But Clay, I mean, the, the biggest things that I took from the uh, the Biden border crisis speech, which now they're admitting, I guess it's a crisis, right? The president's speaking about it. He's going to the border after all of the delay. And this is an enormously complicated but also incredibly important issue. After all the things that we've seen going on, he's talking about $3.5 billion to secure the border, which really means more asylum personnel and judges. I'm starting to think, Clay, my, my top-level thought on this is that we're going to move from the uh, push for mass amnesty via, via, remember the Obama administration, it was comprehensive immigration reform, to now the push for a highly streamlined process for even more people to come in under the idea of and on the idea of getting asylum and what you're going to have instead of mass amnesty is mass asylum which is effectively the same thing a whole lot of people going outside the normal immigration process now i know people are going to say oh asylum is part of immigration this is an enormous expansion we don't take in that many asylees in any given year I think he's hoping to make this a lot easier. So essentially, instead of fixing the loophole, Clay, Biden wants to codify the asylum loophole and make it much bigger, make it a super highway, if you will, of, quote, asylum seekers. There are two things that immediately jump out to me. One, if he's going to the border on Sunday, which is the report, he's supposedly traveling to El Paso. I think he's going to go there. He's going to lay out his plan knowing that his plan is unlikely to pass Congress and eventually get bogged down, and then he's going to say, well, I tried to solve this, but Republicans wouldn't work with me. This budget, this immigration crisis is on them. Second part, and this is important, allowing people in with visas or this app or whatever he's going to do to work is, in theory, something that would then allow them to leave. What we have to address, you know, you remember when we made fun of Kamala Harris because she used the phrase root cause like a bunch of different times in her address down in El Salvador, wherever she went when she got humiliated, when she interviewed with uh, Lester uh, Holt, I guess it was, who called her out for not ever having been to the border. The reason why people come here is twofold. One, for better economic opportunity. Okay, I think a lot of people understand that. And it's important to recognize how the border region has shifted over the years, Buck, because initially people came across, let's say, from Mexico. They worked here for a period of time, and then they went back home. That was the primary use of crossing the border. Now people come here, and they have children. So this is twofold. One is the economic opportunity. Two is once you are here and you have a child, that child is an automatic American citizen if they are born on American soil. And as a result, you will never have to basically leave America. That, that, that's the reality. So if we really want to address the incentive structure, I think it's hard to remove the economic incentive, but the birthright citizenship, that is this idea, which I, I've been researching it because I'm, I'm so utterly intrigued by it. Buck, it's a vestige of the colonial era. In other words, if you were in England and you were getting uh, thinking about making the move to the United States to one of our colonies, 
then the way they guaranteed you that you would always have your British citizenship is your kids, even if they were born in a colony, would still be considered British. And that was taken by France and, and Spain and Portugal and everywhere else. Birthright citizenship based on soil, that is being born in a country, almost doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And unless we're willing to have a real conversation about that, I don't know how we change the economic incentives because our country is much better than most countries in the world. But the birthright citizenship angle is something that should be discussed, debated in a serious manner because it's a major incentive structure that no longer applies, in my opinion, like it would in the colonial era. People are gaming the system of immigration, the laws in this country, in a myriad ways and in massive numbers. And so when Biden says, as he did in the start of the speech, which is still ongoing as we talk to you, as is the beginning of the seventh vote for Speaker of the House in Congress, there's a lot going on today in uh, our nation's capital on the political front. But Clay Biden said that these are people fleeing oppression and escaping gang violence. You're not an asylum seeker, just to be very clear. If there is gang violence in your country, that is not the basis for an asylum claim. And if the if the Biden administration is pretending it is, that's deeply dishonest. Asylum is supposed to be for people who are specifically targeted and persecuted on religious, political, ethnic, etc., on those grounds as an individual. It's not. My country is unsafe and kind of crappy. I'd rather be in America. Because if that's the basis for an asylum claim, this goes to the the very baseline of everything that we're seeing with the flooded border. If my country has a lot of violence, a lot of corruption, and I don't like it, and that that qualifies you for asylum, that's, you know, uh, most of the countries in the world would would then be... And if it's not specific to that individual, when they say fleeing oppression and escaping gang violence... They're fleeing oppression in these Latin American countries? Okay. Even if you want to make that case, which I would claim is a complete abuse of the notion of asylum is for, please take me in America or else I'll be tortured and my family will be murdered because of who I am or because of what I stand for or whatever. That's an asylum seeker. It's not, hey, you guys have a better jobs market, a great welfare system, and you know most of your cities are safer than than the cities where I come from. I now get to be an American. That's the immigration system, right? If you want to just come to America because it's better, you're supposed to go through the normal immigration process. Asylum is for people who are, and in the past that actually would be this, you know, they're jumping off the off a boat and swimming to shore and saying, you know, America, take me in or else I'm finished. Please, in the goodness of your hearts, this is being exploited on a massive scale, and they're exploiting it through bringing children along to get different, uh, you know, a, a different treatment at the border because of the presence of children. All these things that are happening. The cartels are exploiting this. Biden addresses none of this. This is exactly what I thought they would do all along, which is streamlining the process to essentially mainstream the abuse of the system that's going on right now. This will effectively be our immigration policy. All a big lie. I'm surprised, frankly, that they even addressed it because this is a big negative polling area for Joe Biden, which is why I think ultimately this is a pivot 
to acknowledge that there is an issue, but then to hang the blame on Republicans for why the issue exists. Again, making fun of Kamala for the root cause over and over again, but there are two root causes, better opportunity and birthright citizenship. We should, as a country, examine whether, given that we now have 330 million people, Buck, back in the day, it was tough to get people to get on a boat and come to a colony. It's not hard to get people to come to America now. We're not begging for people to come and settle this country. So the idea of birthright citizenship really significantly needs to be examined. It, it has it has not actually been directly examined by the Supreme Court, for example. It hasn't been taken all the way up. It should be taken, I believe, all the way up. I do think there is a constitutional interest. I completely agree with you, by the way. I mean, that's now the birthright citizenship issue comes in. Obviously, with uh, comes into play with women who are coming into America and having children here, and 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 specifically when you have this birth tourism, there's a term for it. Oh, yeah, where certainly. people show up. I mean, the, the a lot of the people crossing the southern border are, you know, this is the, where the term anchor baby comes from, which yes. I'm sure now we're not supposed to use. But the idea is you have the kid here, and then you're never, effectively, never going to be deported, and you get access because that child. Now, as an American citizen, under current interpretation of law, you get you get access to a whole range of, of benefits. What happens is we know in California, and specifically with a lot of a lot of Asians uh, who come to California for this purpose, Chinese particularly, it's really the, uh, a largely a Chinese uh, national issue. Is they have a, ch- a child here, as we've discussed, go back to China, raise the child in China until college, and then they show up and say, "Okay, we want in-state tuition at UCLA and U.S. citizenship," because guess what? born here that's right that is illegal just so everyone knows this is not like oh you're not so that's a that's the the beautiful stuff in our democracy is that people can do this no that's actually illegal you can be arrested for that you're not supposed to operate but it just goes clay to all these scams that are being operated ultimately it only works if people in good faith enforce our laws and the Biden administration is completely lacking in faith when it comes to the execution of immigration law full stop and when you bring more people in, this is this is important. Like, let's say you come in at 18 or 19, and I agree with you, asylum is being exaggerated. But when you go to a country at 18 or 19 years old, let's say you're a woman, you come here, you may not even be intending to have a child here one day. Because a lot of 18 and 19-year-olds aren't necessarily thinking about having kids. But if you end up in this country for four or five years, your chances of having a kid here are huge, and that means you'll probably never leave. So all of this process... Again, you can't go. Buck, if you're getting married soon, if you were like, hey, you know what? I want my kid to be Chinese and American. You can't get on a plane and fly to China and have a baby there and say, oh, my kid's an American and a Chinese person. Like, they don't allow you to do that. It's almost not allowed to anywhere else in the world. You and do I don't this. think Americans realize how rare this is. You wouldn't, I don't think this would work in an EU country either. You're I correct. mean, maybe it's specific to the country, but if I show up in France, and, and, you know, Carrie's pregnant and we have a child in France, they'd say, yeah, you're Americans. Yes, is, correct. You have an American baby. This is not a French baby. You guys are Americans. You're not French citizens. You're not French subjects. I think that's true of France. If I'm wrong, someone please I correct think it, me. I think it's true mostly of all of Europe. Most I mean, European countries, I know that's, I know that's, that's considered the case. Um, but, but Clay, you know, we actually don't even have to get as far as the birthright citizenship issue to see I mean, that that's an additional layer, additional problem, uh, because people aren't being deported, period, who yeah. are in the country illegally, right? So birthright citizenship, in, in the context we're talking about, it means that people come to the country illegally, 
and then they're never going to be deported once they have a child there. That is true. That just it doesn't really happen. And they happen. know it. And they, and they know, know it. it. But we're not even at we're at a phase now where interior enforcement by Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, which should change its name because it's really just the welcoming committee for illegal immigrants now at the southern border, interior enforcement's broken down so much that you don't even have to worry about having an anchor baby here. You don't have to worry about whether you could actually use that process to your advantage because you're just going to get to stay. Yes. That's where this... Uh, the, the the real number, because they also they play games with what is a deportation. If you're a single adult male, you're turned back from the U.S.-Mexico border right now. Right away, are you considered a deportation? Are you counted in the in the removals? Because once you get into the interior of the United States, deportation numbers have dropped like a stone in water, and it is purposeful. Anyway, this is this is a big issue. We've got more on on Biden, and also Clay. I see they're clapping on the floor of Congress. I don't know what that means, but we'll figure it out in a second. <laughs> We'll give you an update. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we got a hookup for you. Right now, the most comfortable slippers out there. I wear them. My wife wears them. Every one of her friends has gotten this for a Christmas gift. Number one selling my p- pillow product right now is the My Slippers. Everybody loves these. They're back. Bigger array of sizes, colors, plentiful quantities. Go online today, mypillow.com. Use our names as the promo code to get $90 off each pair. That reduces the price to just forty nine ninety eight. Use the code Clay and Buck as you make your purchase. All my pillow products come with a ten year warranty, sixty day money back guarantee. I guarantee you're gonna love these slippers, just like my family has. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. You get ninety bucks off the original my slippers, less than fifty bucks a pair. Use the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call eight hundred seven nine two. 3269 mypillow.com code Clay and Buck. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. First time on the show, our friend Sean Ryan is joining us now. He's a former Navy SEAL and CIA contractor and host of the Sean Ryan Show podcast. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah, being here. First to you off, I-, I wanted to have you um I wanted to have you react to this. You know, Biden gave this uh, speech earlier today about immigration. And while we're talking a lot about asylum and the app that apparently now all the illegal immigrants are going to use to try to whatever point is, there's a lot of other pieces to this as well, including the the cartels and the fentanyl and how the lawless border allows for all this to happen. Here's what Biden said about about fentanyl specifically. Play 23. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20 thousand pounds of deadly fentanyl that's enough to kill kill as many as a thousand people in this country Twenty thousand pounds of fentanyl it's a killer i mean twenty thousand pounds of fentanyl could kill i I would just guess more like hundreds of thousands or maybe even a few million people but nonetheless um biden doesn't seem to want to do anything sean about the cartels what do you think could be done how do we secure the border when it comes to this threat I mean, I think number one would be taking the reins off our border patrol agents. Number two would be putting a wall or some sort of, some type of a structure up. I mean, a lot of people say that's not going to stop anything. To include a lot of the cartel type experts who are talking about how they're getting these things in. But I mean, just looking at the way, I mean, walls do stop things. It's at least going to slow the traffic down. You know. 
John, when you, yeah, it, it, it's always fascinating when people say walls don't work and then you find out that they live in a gated community. Um, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, it does it explain. I, I'd love to hear the next follow up, like when somebody says walls don't work and then you have the over the top follow up. Well, why do you live in a gated community then? What Trump has come out with his own plan uh, and it basically would involve declaring the, uh, the, the cartels a national security threat to America, which would allow us to basically treat them, my understanding is, like terrorists. Is that an irrational act, a rational act? What could we do if we really wanted to decide, hey, these cartels are public enemy number one? I mean, you, you have to be able to send them a very stern message. And with the way our Border Patrol guys, their hands are tied behind their back, you know, and they're scrutinized by the media, they've, they've completely demoralized that entire agency, you know, and so they have to let these guys do their job in order to 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 have any effect on this at all, you know. And, and you know, Buck, what bothers me the most is is well, maybe not the most, but where all this is coming from. It's not just the cartels; the Chinese are yep. enabling the cartels with yep. all this fentanyl. That's who's training these guys to make the world's deadliest fentanyl. And they're already starting to transit. They made the transition from heroin to fentanyl. Now they're going to make another transition from fentanyl to this next thing, which I don't think they've named it yet, but it's already coming through the border. Do you think, Sean, at this point, given how much money the cartels are making, we're speaking to Sean Ryan of the Sean Ryan Show, everybody, former Navy SEAL. Uh, Sean, given how powerful the cartels are, we know that they're able to uh, pay effectively mercenaries off the global market to work for them, to even train uh, some of their Sicarios. What do you think it looks like if we decided to get much more involved in the narco war in Mexico, assuming the Mexican government would even allow that, do you think that we could make a real dent there? If the Mexican government said, you know what, fine, we'll allow, uh, you know, we'll allow our special operations to train even more extensively. I know there's training that goes on already, but much more extensively and even engage in joint missions on a regular basis. Do you think that could degrade the cartels in a significant fashion? Absolutely it would. You know, the thing that people don't realize about these cartels is they're very militaristic. It's not, if they could go back to, you know, say, when we were fighting Taliban, Al-Qaeda, you know, they blend in with civilian population. These cartels are trained militaries. They're pulling people off the street. They're handing them an AK and a uniform, and they have their own turf wars going on inside Mexico, which is an all-out, it's an all-out battlefront, you know. And so if we interdict some of those areas, that's going to disrupt a lot of the activity. Sean, you're a Navy SEAL. You're a badass. You know a lot of badasses as well. When you see how woke our military has become, what kind of conversations do you have with your fellow past and current Navy SEALs, and how much frustration is there with military leadership in general in your experience? I would say on a level of 1 to 10, it's a level 10. Um, the conversations I have with the guys that I served with that are both out and wrapping up their careers, most of the guys that I was in with are, are wrapping up their 20-year careers by this point. And, you know, once again, they've demoralized the entire military. Nobody nobody wants to go into special operations. The guys that are in there, nobody wants to stay in special operations. Everybody wants out because of the, the woke agenda that's coming into to all of the teams. 
How could you solve it? So, uh, we get that question all the time. Like how frustrated so many people in the military are with the culture that currently exists. Let's say that you got to be in charge, you and your buddies at the Navy SEALs, and you could go back in and de-wokeify the military. How would you do it? What would need to occur? You know, I mean, I try to look at both sides of the fence here, and if, if they do need to more diversification in the military, then okay, so be it. What I would do is go with the combat effective units and say, does this help with the mission? Is it going to help to bring this wokeness into the SEAL teams, into the Green Beret teams, into the, the um, JSOC teams? No, it's not. It's going to create frustration. It's going to create anxiety. It's going to break up the team dynamic. I mean, what people don't understand about special operations is the team that you're with, you know them better than your family. You spend a good 300 days a year with the gents on your team and 50 days a year with your family. And so when you inject something that's 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 out of the norm, that puts guys uh, in an uncomfortable situation that completely destroys the team dynamic, and that team dynamic is that's what drives everything. It's it's the trust that the team has with each other, and that's why they're able to carry out these, I mean, next to impossible missions. Sean Ryan's show, everybody, is really strong stuff. I mean, he does sit downs long form with uh, Warriors, Navy SEALs, Green Beret. Uh, he did a long-form clay with Eric uh, Prince. That was fascinating. He's done some great stuff over there, so I'd recommend people check it out. Sean, thank you for your service, and thanks for joining us here. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Buck. we got to get you on the show too soon. Anytime, sir. Thanks for being with us. Cheers. To my friends out there in the pro-life community, the pre-born pregnancy clinics are in this critical battle to save life every day, and you can help them. They need your help, in fact. Preborn clinics are where life-saving miracles happen. And here's an example. When Leslie found out she was pregnant, she began searching for the abortion pill. That's when she came across a preborn pregnancy clinic. The staff counseled Leslie and offered her a free ultrasound scan. That's when Leslie first met her child through the ultrasound experience. Leslie left and was still contemplating what she was going to do next, but she felt compelled to go back to the clinic for a second ultrasound because she wanted to hear that unborn child's heartbeat again. And she was moved by how her baby boy had grown from even the previous scan. She realized that her baby was, in fact, a baby, growing and developing as he should. And so Leslie chose life. Partner with us with the pre-board pregnancy clinics to raise funds for those free ultrasound experiences. One cost is $28, or five of them cost $140. Donate what you can afford, and now, through a match, your gift is doubled. 100% of your gift goes to saving babies, and all gifts are tax-deductible. To donate securely, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 on your cell phone and say the word baby or go to preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. That's preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? 
It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hour of clay and buckets going right now, everybody. The ruckus on the House floor continues. Who will be the next speaker? We have somebody who can give some special insight to this because he is right there, right now, in Congress and about to vote, but he's joining us for... A couple of moments here to tell us what's going on. Congressman Dan Bishop is with us right now. Congressman Bishop, appreciate you being with us, sir. Hello. Glad to be with you. I just missed my name uh, <laughs> as it passed, but I'll go up and vote at the end, which you can do. So, uh, But I'm glad to have a chance to speak with you all. We really appreciate you making the time as this vote is underway, and you're going to be casting your vote. And if, Let's just start with the uh, most pressing question. How are you going to vote on this eighth ballot, and why, Congressman? <laughs> the suspense must be killing everybody. I'm going to vote for Byron Donalds of Florida. And the answer is because uh, the 
institution of the United States House needs to be changed. It needs to be put to work for the American people, not for D.C. We cannot continue Nancy Pelosi-style governance here in the House. So how does this play out? So we're on, I believe, the eighth vote right now. If you are still going to vote for Byron Donalds, that would suggest that the 20 or so of which you are a member uh, who will not support uh, uh, will not support the the, the current uh, you know the expected speaker here? How does this end? Like where do where do we go uh, from here? How do you see this playing out? It is you know, uh, from sampling the media inter- interviews and inquiries I've had. That's the question seems to be on everybody's mind, and I understand that it is. Uh, and the answer is that I don't precisely know, but that is the beauty of the process we're engaged in. And a lot of people wring their hands, or you see on some places out on me, it's it's, it's chaos. It's, it's not chaos. This is how Congress operates. And and so we've had three days that the nation will certainly endure, in which we've been. And there's there's a there's a you know there's something on there's a spectacle on TV about votes that American people aren't accustomed to seeing, and there's a lot of work that's going on in the background and has been for months. To do what I said at the at the top, which is to change this place and make it work, because at least in my experience, I don't know that many people, I've not encountered that many who say, you know what, Congress works exactly as it should. It, it's, it is basically solving the American people's problems and keeping things working well. I don't think anybody thinks that. I, about ninety percent of the people think otherwise. We're speaking to Congressman Bishop. He's on the floor right now, or I should say in Congress right now, uh, up on Capitol Hill and about to be casting his vote on the floor. He will be casting it for uh, Speaker of the House for Byron Donalds, not for Kevin McCarthy, who we've established that. Um, Congressman Bishop, uh, of course, of North Carolina for everybody out there. What is it that, uh, what is it that would be different? Let's say, let's just say for the purpose of discussion that Congressman Donald's is successful eventually, and who knows, could be on the 50th ballot, given how things are going. If that were to happen, how would Congress be different than a Kevin McCarthy speakership? Here's the the clearest way that I could even say it. Two weeks ago, we passed, ran through the House after coming out of the Senate with 18 Republican votes, a $1.7 trillion omnibus put together by a handful of people in the dark, in the back rooms, that has all sorts of horrible stuff in it. I've detailed it in a long Twitter thread that went viral, uh, some of it, what you can. 4,800 pages. They put it out two days before you pass it, right before Christmas, ram it through, or else the government's going to shut down. That would stop. And we're working on stopping that, regardless who the speaker becomes, by changing rules and processes. But those can always be waived by a majority vote on the House floor. And so what you really need, the best way to guarantee change is to have a person who will lead you to change. But if you can't get that, then you've got to do the best you can to build processes that, and build pressure uh, so that uh, it, it, you follow through and do the right things. It is a tough call, but it's really important that it succeed. So you're voting for Byron Donalds, you said, although you haven't cast that vote yet on the eighth uh, eighth ballot here as they search for a speaker. But yesterday, I believe it was, Cory Bush, Democrat from Missouri, 
attacked him based on his race. I mean, it was basically right. blatantly racist for being yep. up as potentially a speaker candidate. I believe you spoke on the floor earlier to address that issue. What did you say and what did you think of what Corey Bush said about Byron Donalds, the man who you intend to vote for as Speaker of the House? I put it out there in my in my speech nominating him on the first ballot of the day. And what she said about him in a tweet, she called him a prop. And uh, you need to know Byron Donalds to know how absurd it is. He's not a prop. And this is, and the reason I spoke of it today, and of one other incident that has occurred, is other illustrations of the of the Washington D.C. that people are completely familiar with. They've seen it for years and years. That grotesquely racist trope is used constantly by the left here. It's got to stop. We've got to quit doing things exactly the same way in the same order and expect different results and i just think it's reprehensible and calling it out just like doing this is the kind of thing that men and women of courage are going to need to come here and do and (laughs) i gotta tell you if you don't have courage here it's never going to change congressman bishop can i ask there's some reporting from earlier today that mccarthy had agreed to a number of uh, specific asks from members of the Freedom Caucus who had, had been voting uh, against him and voting for a, a, another candidate, uh, a whole range of things, vote on term limits, uh, w- whether somebody could vote for effectively, what is it, a, a no-confidence vote to remove the speaker. Um, is is there a, a future you could see in which if certain assurances are given and promises are made, you could see Kevin McCarthy win uh, despite the opposition against him because there would have been concessions made that would deal with some of the concerns of the Freedom Caucus, or is it no way, no how, you and other members, uh, to your knowledge, uh, are going to actually vote for McCarthy when this is all said and done? You know, I think the important thing is that there are a number of risks to be managed, there are, you've got to solve the problem of fixing the place for the American people. Beyond that, I don't have preconditions. It just has to get fixed. So I know, I wouldn't say I'm gonna. I wouldn't say I'm not because I think we've got to preserve the possibility to do something that's new. Uh, Representative Dan Bishop talking with us. You mentioned uh, all the work you did and your staff did, and I appreciate you uh, for the work you did on the omnibus bill and what you put out there, even though ridiculously 18 Republicans in the Senate went along with that bill. And we talked about your work and your staff's work on this show as in a lead up to that one seven one point seven trillion. You're seeing a lot of people voted for right now. Uh, do you believe that whoever the speaker is should be a currently serving member of the House? Because I saw where Matt Gates, for instance, put Donald Trump forward as the speaker of the House nominee. Do you believe that it should be somebody who is currently that will get the job done? And so and, and I hate to do this, but I'm about to miss my opportunity. No, no, sir. No, you, you've got to go, go vote. Yes. <laughs> so Sorry, you understand, Congressman Dan Bishop, thank you so much, sir, for speaking to our audience across the country about this pivotal issue. Go do your constitutional duty, sir. Appreciate you joining us here Thanks, on the program, and uh, thank you very much. You know, Clay, uh, look, round eight, it's not going to be over. It's not going to be finished here. It could go on, but 
You know, I everything that he was saying, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think that there are a lot of folks out there for whom it's just they want they want change and they want there to be um honestly more accountability even on the Republican side. Yeah. And maybe they're not even sure exactly how we get to every step of that, or rather what every step of that will look like right now. But essentially, this is, you know, some folks on the right are are mad as heck, and they're not going to take it anymore. They've had enough. Here's the uh, essential question. And and so far today, we've seen it. The 20 are not buckling. And the 200 or so that support McCarthy are not buckling either. We're now into the eighth vote, where essentially we have established that there are 20 who are not moving, and there are about 200 that are not moving. Who moves first? Right? I mean, that's the essence of this. If the 20 are not going to move, then McCarthy can't get to 218. But if the 200 stay committed to McCarthy, then the 20 aren't gaining support either. So how long does this go on uh, is... The question, I think, and, and the, the the most significant, I would say, aspect of today's votes is none of the 20 have come off of their opposition to Kevin McCarthy so far. And gridlock is not something that people should be afraid of when it comes to federal government. I, I, gridlock is your friend, usually. The grid, gridlock, you know, the Democrats, first of all, it is, it is worth pointing out, they're, oh, it's chaos. It's not chaos. Everything's fine. No, 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 no one is... Uh, you know, we're not losing our ability to feed ourselves as a country. The economy is not cratering because of this. This is just something that is occurring right now in the Congress, and it'll all be fine. You know, there's there's no reason for this. The people that want to exaggerate the downside of it, I think, want business as usual, and they want the system to just keep churning out massive omnibus bills and spend trillions of dollars of money that we don't have, and that's just not acceptable anymore. Ah. I'll be honest with you, Buck. I'm not actually... Tomorrow is the second anniversary of January 6th, right? And we all know that Democrats have tried to turn January 6th into Pearl Harbor, into 9-11, into the Civil War. I don't know that it's a bad thing for all of the attention to be on the speaker vote going on as opposed to the anniversary celebration of January 6th, which the Biden administration would love to marinate in because there are a lot of people out there who still believe in their base that January 6th is the worst thing to happen to America since the Civil War. I mean, they've tried to convince people of that, and there are some in their base who believe it. So I don't know that I think it is a bad situation at this point for this to uh, for this to continue for another day, and certainly it doesn't seem like we're any closer to getting a speaker officially announced today. A, a, lo- a lot of politics is argument. A lot of politics yes. is people making the case. And what's happening right now is people are arguing and they're making their cases. And this is all within the system. To your point, Clay, about you know how they're going to make up such a big deal out of January 6th. N- none of this is breaking the rules. None of yes. what is happening here is outside the scope of what members of Congress are doing. This is what I mean by, you know, some folks need to just calm down. It's going to be fine. We're going to figure this out. And And I think, look, he left it open there. I think that the way this, who knows... But the way this ends up is that you have the Freedom Caucus members get some real, you know, a real list of concessions that they think will create accountability with McCarthy and at that phase. But I could be wrong. Maybe Byron Donalds ends up being the guy and they pull this off. I don't know. It, it is funny to me, and I'll just come back to this, which we said earlier, that all of the people out there who are arguing, 
Republicans really need to have a fight internally to figure out what the future of their party is going to be, right? That's how all the the left-wingers and all the anti-Trumpers and everybody else would lecture us constantly. And now they're like, oh my God, they're fighting. (laughs) Yeah, and then it happens and they're like, oh, look how disorganized they are. They don't agree on everything. Remember, for how long have you heard, oh, there's no spine in the Republican Party. Whatever Donald Trump tells them to do, they do. And Trump said, hey, I want McCarthy, and all these Republicans said, yeah, we're not going to do it. And now it's, oh, look at the disloyalty, look at the lack of, uh, uh, of, 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 of ability to come to a conclusion. No, this is sometimes how democracy yeah. works. It's this, messy. this is the game. You know, we, yeah. we don't need everybody in Congress on our own side being so chummy all the time. You know, maybe sometimes even in a pickup basketball game, you got to throw some elbows. I think what happened really is that McCarthy thought that these 20 would not stick to it. And he said, we're, we're going to put them on the record then. We'll see if they do it. And they did it. And so far, nothing has moved, and we'll see what happens going forward. In the meantime, you got to wonder when you hear about all these data breaches whether you might be next because it feels like every single day, especially after all the purchases over the holidays, yet another opportunity for cyber criminals to stack and uh, to strike. And that's why you can protect your online identity and have some peace of mind with LifeLock by Norton. They'll detect and alert you to all the potential identity threats you may not even spot on your own, like loans being taken out in your name. And if you become a victim, and unfortunately it happens all too frequently, LifeLock will assign a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist to work with you to fix the problem. Such a valuable time saver to have right now. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. It's easy, however, to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. You can also head to LifeLock.com. Use my name, CLAY, for 25% off. That's LifeLock.com. My name, CLAY. The voices of sanity in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are continuing to monitor the ongoing vote for the House leadership for who's going to be the speaker. Uh, the seventh vote now underway. And as we said, Kevin McCarthy is not going to get 218 votes in that tally as well. We will see whether any of the 20 that had been opposing him are going to move off of that opposition or where we are, whether we are still effectively in a a logjam situation with roughly 200 voting in favor of him to be speaker and around 20 voting against him being speaker. But I tease this. The details are now coming out on the Brian Koberger. I think I'm pronouncing that name, last name correctly. I'm not 100% sure. But he is the Washington State uh, uh, teacher assistant, Ph.D. student, who has been arrested and charged with the quadruple murder at the University of Idaho. Uh, And the details now on the evidence for why he has been charged are coming out. And I wanted to share some of these details because we've talked about this case quite a lot. And I know many of you have been following it aggressively. And frankly, some of these details are chilling and they actually raise even more issues. So, uh, and we're reading right now from TMZ, The DNA was found uh, of the killer, Kohlberger, on a knife sheath at the scene of the Idaho murder. They then made a match on that DNA by going through trash at his family's house. 
and they say finding his dad's DNA, which confirmed that there was that connection with Brian. Uh, this is according to the arrest warrant. Um, and uh, he was driving, if you remember, this uh, Hyundai Elantra, the white car. And on the date of the murders, there were several videos showing that white Elantra driving by the murder house before stopping at 4.04 a.m. And then surveillance video shows the car leaving at 4.20 a.m. at a high rate of speed. Um, and uh, they also, some other details here. The one that I think is the most staggering, one of the survivors in this house, one of the two women on the first floor, says she saw a man 5'10 or taller, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows, wearing black clothing with a mask. She said the man walked right past her, as she stood in a frozen shock phase, walked past her, and left the house. Buck, this is crazy. Now, he turned off his cell phone. Some of you have been asking, hey, why would there not be cell phone records? 2.47 a.m., phone left his residence and didn't pick up again until 5.30 a.m., so he turned his phone off. But as all these details come out, Buck, he'd also been 12 times, based on cell phone data, close to this house late at night, which suggests that he may have been stalking one or more of the people in this house. But if anything, I can't get past the idea that this person would have seen someone and then not called police when that happened. There has to be something that we don't know. One thing, and I, I want to return to that, because I, I read through this update on the case as well and thought to myself, you see a masked stranger at, what was it, four, 4 o'clock in the morning or something in the hallway of your house, and you don't think that's a problem that you would call? You, first of all, or you would check scream. on your roommates. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't scream. You wouldn't check on your roommates. You wouldn't call police. Now, th- there may be something that I'm missing here. I, I can't imagine uh, what that would be, uh, but, you know, I don't know. Um, also, but why I also think it's kill her, Buck? Like, if you've already killed four people and somebody sees you, I wouldn't think well, you'd be like, well, you know, I can't he, kill five people. I think because he, you know, killing somebody with a knife, if they're if they're trying to defend themselves, they're standing up, is not is, is a lot harder, obviously, than stabbing somebody in their sleep, which is what this guy did. He killed yeah. four people in their sleep. So maybe he didn't want to. And obviously, if he... If he had gone after with a knife, I would assume she would have screamed. She might have woken up neighbors. It sounds almost like this person, the the, uh, the survivor. Look, I don't I don't want to speculate. I don't know, but like, was she in a in a sleep state or was she not the really? The whole thing is The whole thing is is bizarre. But on on the law enforcement side of this, I have to say, remember we we talked about this. We had Nancy Grace on. This all happened. What was it? November thirteenth uh, of last year. Here we are now, January fifth. There were no details about this at all for weeks. Yeah. There were people who were sincerely concerned that the police had botched the investigation, that yep. no leads. It turns out, now that we see this, they have this guy in custody, that the cops did a very good job of keeping it. Ve- when we raise this as a possibility, maybe there's a lot they're just not letting out there. They don't want to, uh, to give any indication to the suspect that they're on to them. Um, they knew they knew a lot. I mean, the fact that they had a sheath 
They had a sheath for a knife at the scene with DNA. They had an eyewitness to the individual. Now, he did have a mask on. Another, this is a, a side note, but I've always said there's a lot of reasons why I oppose masks. The widespread wearing of masks actually makes us all less safe, too. Yes. Um, this notion that people can go around and, it, you know, if someone walks into a bank with a ski mask on and it's 70 degrees outside, you think to yourself, something Something's weird's up. happening yeah. here. Someone goes in with one of these, you know, N95 masks on because of COVID. Anyway, um, the cops knew a lot more about this than they were letting on, which is obviously a good thing. They've got an individual who, I mean, you know, innocent until proven guilty. This guy looks about as guilty as you're going to find anybody at this stage of an investigation, given the DNA evidence at the scene, no explanation for this, everything we know about him. He apparently, also at the bottom of this of this article, Clay, he applied for yeah. an internship with the Pullman, I suppose Pullman, Idaho Police Department. Or Pullman, Washington. We're Washington State. Oh, Pullman, State Washington. Is. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's right. Pullman, He's like, Washington. No, Washington State is like 10 miles it's away. It's really close from, by. Yeah. yeah, University of Idaho. Um, in the fall of 2022. So yes. this guy's studying, what, criminology? Yes. And applying for police department internships, and now he's in custody for... A, a just truly heinous quadruple murder. Um, but a lot of the, t- the techniques that we, you and I talked about, cell phone tracking, DNA, this is, this is how they, they get, this is how they get people. This is how they are able to get, you know, get the uh, suspects and, and bring people to some, some measure of justice. Not only that, Buck, he was a TA. Can you imagine the conversations like, the way we're talking about it, if you went to Washington State, everybody had to be talking about those murders of the Idaho students all the time. Probably with him. If you're in a criminology department, I would imagine that this was the number one topic by far. You're studying criminology and 10 or 15 miles from campus, four people are murdered and they can't figure out who did it. He had to be. I I, I would love to know from inside of Washington State, he had to be either with his students or with his um, you know, colleagues talking about this so, murder all so, the time, so you having think, committed it. You think this guy was speculating about the murders yes. among students in a an auditorium or whatever the setup would be at his school? I think it's going to be as the super guy who did chilling. It. Yes, I think it's going to be super chilling as more and more evidence comes out. Because just think about it. If you're a college kid at Washington State and you're in a criminology course, This is one of the top stories in America for people who are just living their normal lives. For a criminology course to have a murder like this happen just a few miles from campus um, is is unbelievable to occur. The other thing we should mention, Buck, is they pulled over. And by the way, if you want to call in and react to this, we took calls before 800-282-2882. Maybe you're in that area and you even interacted with this guy in some way now that we know who the alleged murderer is. If you want to share your story, I mean, like I'm talking about, if you're on that Washington State campus, if you're at the University of Idaho, if you knew this guy, I would love to hear what those interactions were like. But, Buck, they had the FBI pull him over in Indiana, reportedly, because they wanted to see his hands because he drove with his dad back cross-country to Pennsylvania for the winter break. And the report is out there that they wanted to see whether there were any injuries to his hands so they pulled him over for speeding in Indiana right. at the behest of the FBI. And those injuries, I would assume, would have been um, 
suffered, uh, you know, the, those those cuts to his hands from the knife slipping, most yes, likely. That's right. what actually people don't think about that, but especially if it's a, uh, and I don't think we we haven't they haven't seen found the murder reporting, weapon, right? They haven't seen the murder weapon, but if it's let's say a uh, you know a standard kitchen knife. That's not meant for the, you know, for it's not a combat knife. So your hand can slip down the handle very easily and and get and you can get cuts on your hand from that, which I think is what they're looking for, because I didn't see anything about their belief that there were there would be defensive wounds from the victim specifically on his hands, especially if they were asleep. I don't think you would expect there really would be any defensive wounds or or very minimal defensive wounds. So, um, you know, or, or certainly no wounds on the aggressor either. Um, I, I think Clay also the white Hyundai Elantra came into play here, right? Yeah, they've they, reporting they, about that. Yeah, they they were able to track it. Um, and again, they saw the the car pass in the four a.m. hour multiple times, including driving away from that area at a high rate of speed. You think we don't know just based on the fact pattern, the fact that there was it seems like at a minimum surveillance, right? It's, it would be surveillance of his intended victims, um, but you mentioned the word stalking. I mean, to me, that imply the stalking might imply that he knew one of the at least one of the oh, victims. Okay, no, that's interesting. Do you, do you, yeah. No, I just you yeah. know, I don't know. I'm I'm just. Do you think right now there's a part of me that just feels like the re- it's hard to believe it's that random yeah. given given the fact pattern. I I think. We're going to find out that he knew one of the victims in some capacity or or was maybe obsessed with one of the victims in some capacity, that it wasn't just a totally random serial killer situation. That that makes some sense to me. And, and even, Buck, like when I saw this guy and when I've been reading the details about him from high school and college, he seems like a guy who had a lot of troubles. This is not going to surprise people, typically, unfortunately, in stories like these, with women in general, right? Like, he wasn't the kind of guy who got along well with women. It wouldn't stun me if we find out that he liked one of these girls, was out at a bar, hit on her, and, like, she gave him a cold shoulder or something like that, and he became obsessed with her from that point going forward. Uh, The other thing that I think is going to loom here uh, large is, frankly, was this the first... Ep- he has no record, right? It seems stunning to me that the first ever crime you would commit would be a quadruple murder. Are we going to find out that as this guy has traversed the country that maybe he's connected to some other crimes of violence and gotten away with them before? Does that make sense? Like, It's very rare from a criminology perspective, for a guy to just suddenly snap and commit a quadruple murder, and he's never broken the law before uh, in in a serious well, way. Y- usually you find out in these cases, as, as we all know, just from, you know, series like uh, Mindhunter and, and these true crime and, and uh, true detective series, that there's at least... A very common thing is violence against uh, violence against animals yep. at a young age. Uh, you know, torturing of animals, things like that. Um, you know, th- there's usually a, a backstory to it. We haven't seen much of that yet, but I think you're right. We'll find out that this was not this was not out of nowhere. And the one other thing I would add, and again, we'll take some calls on this because I know there was a great deal of interest uh, on this. I would think now that they found the Hyundai Elantra, Buck, that it would be virtually impossible for there not to be murder residue in some way inside of that car, presuming that he committed a quadruple murder and then left and got in that vehicle, no matter how much he tried to clean it, 
I would think that there would be some blood residue, some DNA that would still be there. Not to mention, he had to get rid of this knife somehow. And wherever this knife is, uh, whether they're able to retain it or not, just carrying that knife in the car and all these things would also create, I would think, a lot of uh, DNA evidence. And if you remember, remember, did you watch, I'm sure you did back in the day on Netflix, Making a Murderer, when everybody was watching that show, did you watch it? I actually saw a few episodes of it. Yeah. I didn't see all of it. One of, one of the parts in there that is incredibly detailed is alleged blood evidence on a car that was very old, I you know, in, in general. But the idea that he would have been able to commit a quadruple murder, get in that Hyundai Elantra, and not have led ton, left behind tons of evidence, I think is very unlikely as well. I'll have more for you on this. Also, the... Uh, House Speaker vote, switching gears here to politics and Capitol Hill. Clay, they are moving on to their eighth, eighth ballot. It keeps <laughs> going on, folks. We'll tell you where this is heading and what's happening in a moment. I'm always thinking, though, about what this economy is going to look like this year. I'm sure you are, too, with the cost of gas and food and rent and the way inflation is just wreaking havoc on things. you got to wonder, what can you do with your money to make smart decisions, protect yourself? The Phoenix Capital Group suggests you diversify your investments now. They're introducing investors to high-value oil and gas here in the U.S. with a current yield ranging from 8 to 11% APY paid monthly. These are corporate bond offerings, and they're open to all investors with annual interest paid monthly. The Phoenix Capital Group offers live webinars to learn about Phoenix's business structure, ways they offer security for the offerings, risks, and their financials. They, uh, they host live Q&As where they'll answer all your questions. You can sign up now at investing, investingwithphx.com, or call 323-PHOENIX. Investment in bonds has a certain risk. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Sign up today at investingwithphx.com. That's investingwithphx.com, or call them at 323-PHOENIX. From the front lines of freedom and truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Clay and Buck here. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date health lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com 
Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. With more breaking news today, as and it's good news. We've talked about some very heavy stuff in the last hour here, but we've got some good news to share with you that DeMar Hamlin uh, is, according to his doctors, who are currently giving a press conference in uh, Cincinnati, that DeMar Hamlin has made, uh, up to this point, a strong recovery given the cardiac arrest that he uh, suffered on the field uh, during the, the football game on Monday night. And uh, DeMar Hamlin is, uh, is showing that neurological function is okay and, uh, you know, there's still, there's still some additional steps here before I think they can give the full recovery and and uh, an all clear sign, but Clay, from what I'm hearing here from these doctors, Demar Hamlin's uh, prognosis is good, and he is out of the acute danger phase of the situation. Yeah, this is a great story, Buck. Uh, the doctors say they've been communicating with him through written communication because he still has, uh, I believe, a, a breathing tube in some way. Um, one of the first things, this is according to his doctors, one of the first things he asked as they began communicating was, who won the game? Uh, and for anyone out there who is a sports fan, to think about, you know, DeMar Hamlin, who's on the Buffalo Bills, playing in this big game against the Cincinnati Bengals, has been basically out of touch for, since Monday, right? 48 hours plus. And one of the first things he says is, who won the game? Uh, and I just think for all of you out there who are sports fans, that is just, first of all, it's a sign that his brain is working well, right? But that 
so many of uh, of you who have committed in ath- uh, competed in athletics and have been members of teams that is just i mean it, it's going that is going to become an iconic phrase i'm just predicting right now buck the who won the game for a guy who went through this the trauma and for so many people and and again i i wanted to talk about the positive here which was over 7 million dollars raised for this guy's charity to go towards presents and everything else. Um, But that is a very heartwarming story uh, to have a resolution for right now. Again, in real time, his doctor's updating his condition. We've been waiting for this. It's be 72 hours, I believe, uh, come this evening since he collapsed on the field. And the NFL now determining what exactly needs to happen. And, And let's be honest too, Buck, the other part of this story that still needs to be resolved is why did he collapse? As they go back through and and kind of examine what exactly happened with his heart condition, what caused this, why did it occur, is going to be a big deal because you want to try to hopefully never right. have this happen on the field again. And, and 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 on the one hand, you know, you have people that were initially, you know, very uh, insistent that we already know what this is. You saw that, I'm sure that, that yep. there were people who were putting out their their diagnosis one way or the other, but. You also have others now who are saying, well, we have to take a look at football and look at safety and look at the issues involved. You can't really understand the safety implications one way or the other unless you know exactly what the medical diagnosis here is of what happened. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's an important part of this because there, there's already a conversation and there are people who are having, I think, there's the, the serious individuals who are saying, hey, you know, is there anything that can be done here you know, I've seen people saying, do we need to change the pads or whatever it may be? I don't know very much about football. Clay, you know a lot more. Um, and then there's, of course, the the kind of usual suspects in the media sphere who are just saying football, scary and bad and and dangerous. And, oh, and including male our good testosterone friend. and all yeah. that stuff. Our good friend Joy Behar, who is the dumbest person probably in all of media. Yesterday I called her the dumbest woman. I want to apologize to women. She's the dumbest person um, in all of media that I, on a daily show anyway. Um, she she basically said you shouldn't be able to play football. And this is, this is a natural growth of where the left wing is going to go. We have it. You want to hear it? Here's what yeah, she said. Play. play 19. 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Oh. Uh, heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm-hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. Yeah. This is, I, I hope Democrats follow down this path. They are crazy. I hope, Buck, that they come after football. Because I think there are a lot, first of all, Saying heterosexual men and conservatives are big. Like, there are a lot of people who are huge football fans that don't know anything about politics, right? Legitimately don't care at all. In fact, that's probably a and majority. There are a lot of Democrats who love football. I oh, mean, there's tons. You know, tons. But I hope, I hope that the idiots like Joy Behar lead this charge because this is what's going on. Yeah. Football is hyper masculine, Buck. It is, uh, it is a pro America. It's religious in general. That's why I'm fighting for it. I hope they're this dumb. Yeah. I hope they are. It's not gonna, she's not, there's not gonna be a charge. Everyone's looking at Joy Behar like, let's just pretend that didn't happen, Joy. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to something else. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.